So now we're hopping into bullish versus bullshit. I have to say that real slow or, or else I'll mess it up. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on on SPY um, more towards the end of the year. Like, what do we think SPY is going to do? I know I have my own opinion, but uh, Shark, do you have any any opinion on, on what we see SPY doing by the end of the year here? Sure. Um, you know, it's a very, obviously, it's a really interesting market overall, and you know, especially from a macro perspective, um, what's going on right now. Obviously, we had the pandemic, which um, um, was a very unique situation. Um, a lot of people, um, as we were mentioning before, seasonality-wise, October, September can be a bit of a weaker uh, month. Um, and we, we could very well see a 5% you know, maybe, I don't know if we'll get a 10% correction, but we, we could see that. And it wouldn't necessarily even be a bad thing, a nice thing for the, the RSI and all that kind of um, those indicators to kind of uh, cool off and reset a bit. Um, but uh, as we all know, uh, as well, as far as seasonality is concerned, um, the Christmas rally, um, stocks usually tend to run up uh, at the end of the year. Um, so... I think we're going to go higher. Now, we do have some other things to consider uh, with um, the, the Federal Reserve and inflation. You know, that's been a big talk. Obviously, we know Michael Burry is very uh, adamant about uh, hyperinflation and things like that coming into the market. Um, those macro perspectives um, can take a longer time to uh, reveal themselves, you know, in the market. Um, but we also have uh, the tapering issue with um, the Federal Reserve, um, you know, tapering uh, down on, on, on assets. Uh, so that is another concern that has a lot of people, you know, spooked, so to, uh, so to speak. Um, so I do think we push higher, um, but I say that very, you know, cautiously. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously bullish you know, at the moment, because we have just so many unknown variables. Obviously, still, we have this stuff going on in Afghanistan, uh, you know, unfortunately, right now as well. So that's another geopolitical thing that can um, come into the mix. I don't know how much it will. We're obviously monitoring that closely. And, um, you know, I, I hope everybody is, is safe, um, you know, our soldiers and stuff like that. But, um, but so there are a couple of concerns um, but just going by the chart, there's nothing to say that the trend isn't, you know, Northeast at the time and that, uh, that we're going to push higher. So, um, how that influences small caps, the IWM might be different. IWM is definitely a little bit more, um, vulnerable to stuff with inflation, you know, because of their growth stocks and that's more forward based, um, you know, on earnings and stuff like that. So if we get more inflation worries, I think growth stocks would be the first to be hit. Uh, but at the same time, um, a rising or sinking ship will, or tide, excuse me, will uh, sink or, you know, put a float all ship. So if the IWM is weak, if, if uh, tech is weak because of inflation uh, concerns, that's going to drag down everything. So uh, cautiously bullish for new highs, um, but um, but there's just a lot on the table to consider. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so for me, um, the chart is is kind of funky for spy like. 
it, it makes sense to have a pullback. Like Shark was saying, 5 to 10%. Um, if more, I'd be surprised. Like, I feel like the, the chart is screaming slight pullback. But I don't think this chart is screaming we need a dip as in a, a knife on the daily or weekly for it to to make another move but i think i think a pullback is good like i think a pullback would would ensure iwm continuing the way the way we need it to go and i think a spy pullback would kind of recharge those growth stocks that we need um and the growth stocks push the the penny stocks um which a lot of people don't understand growth stocks are the kind of um driving factor that penny stocks in that same sector need because there's a lot of sectors that can move and a lot of sectors that can move by themselves but the driving part of that sector is the the large caps um that we see moving there so like say for for automobile automobiles um electric vehicles you'll see a lot of things like ford and a lot of things um, that are electric vehicles like Tesla move before you see anything like Neo Fisker or um, Zev move because those are those are secondary kind of levels rather than Tesla, Ford, anything automobile, electric vehicle. Neo will be one of the leaders along with Tesla. Um, just like SPY will be a leader alongside IWM or QQQ. So I think SPY will move upwards. So generally speaking, I think SPY will move um, IWM and QQQ upwards. So if you're in the small cap, you're in the large cap realm, I think we see some positive movement. Um, SPY, I'm gonna say bullish overall. Bullish is is the way I want to go on this. I don't think it's bullshit at all. I think SPY is going to keep moving. There will be a pullback at some point. No one can predict the pullback. No one can predict the, the correction that we're going to see. We need a correction. It's going to happen, but don't bet on it. Don't be the person who says, SPY correction is going to happen this week. Um, you're going to lose money if you put money on the puts on that. Um... Be the person who just has a, a slight hedge waiting, but also is betting long most of the time. Because I think SPY moves upwards. I think IWM moves upwards. I think QQQ moves upwards. I think XBI move upwards. Um, yeah, that's just what I think. I think the market moves upwards. So be ready for that. Expect that. And, and kind of just anticipate that into your swings. That's what I have to say on that. Yeah, and I, I would also say that, you know, right, right now it's really kind of a day trader's market. You know, you don't want to, you know, at once buy and the markets are at all time highs, you don't want to be putting on a lot of option swings, especially, you know, small caps again can be their kind of own world, um, you know, uh, onto themselves. But uh, as far as options and swing trading, you know, I'm really kind of advising not to put on too many new positions right now because you know yes we might be at a top yes we might not be but the risk to reward isn't that favorable so even if a stock is beaten down i would still caution 
a little bit about having too much in the, in the um, swing portfolio. It's probably still uh, best to um, manage your risk and err on the side of caution, um, you know, specifically at this time until yeah. we see a reset and then you can go shopping. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be picking too many swings at the moment uh, personally, but. Yeah, I, uh, I've touched on this before regarding spy and it's, it's kind of crazy when you look at the chart. So I'm going back to May, May 19th, we have a dip. And then from May 19th to June 20th, we have an uptrend. And then June 20th, we have a dip from June 20th to July 19th, and we have an uptrend. Then we get another dip from July 20th to August 19th. We have an uptrend and then a dip. So I, I said this before, you see it's, it's almost a month to the day where we have a dip a pretty big pullback, not a big pullback, but a decent sized pullback. And then we start an uptrend. Um, this last little pullback was August 19th. So, so what does that say? September 19th, September 20th, we're going to get a little bit of a right. pullback. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that it's worked, worked out that way the last four months. Um, yeah, I think that, those patterns like that are definitely, I think, worthwhile of keeping note and, you know, keeping a journal of how the market is moving like that, you know, having that awareness of, of those kind of, um, you know, uh, macro trends like that. And not even, you know, when we talk about the, uh, the opening morning flush, you know, you know, sells off in the morning and, um, and then comes up for, uh, later in the day, that's, uh, you know, a micro microcosm of the macrocosm that you're talking about you know and also when everyone seems to get really bearish like you said on the 19th when spy made a huge dip every time it does that then three or four days later it ends up making new highs again yep. every time now again we could say this a little bit might be some manipulation from the federal reserve or something like that however i remember i did the same play around the 19th when it was selling off a lot i, I got i got a bunch of spy calls and for yeah. you know four days later i sold them for you know i think it was 170 something percent so so far by the dip strategy overall has been working um but when you are doing that, obviously you want to manage your risk, have a tight stop loss, and you know make sure if the dip, if the buy the dip isn't working, that you're you have an acceptable zone to get out. You know, yeah. um, just in case. But yeah, yeah, good point. So I mean, we've talked a lot of stocks here. Um, Shark, what are your hobbies? I mean, what do you do on the weekend? Mm -hmm. I know you watch a lot of UFC because me and you um teddy and shark me and you talk ufc in kind of a group chat that we have with some other some other people but what do you do kind of outside of stocks i mean on a weekday what do you find yourself doing at the nighttime weekends what do you find yourself doing kind of what what are your most enjoyable things that you do outside of trading options and stocks sure uh well um you know kind of as i mentioned before a little bit i kind of come from a more of an artistic kind of background so i am also a musician um so uh i've got I've been separated from my my band mates at, at the time but um i've been working you know on my own um uh on music so that's definitely a big thing that i that i'm what into kind of music do you do, um, 
Uh, well, it's, you know, I would say it's kind of a blend of, of different styles, I guess, you know, as a lot of you know, musicians or whatever say, you know, but um, uh, a little bit of surf rock from the 60s, a little bit of modern contemporary stuff. I've got a lot of influences. Like as a kid, I grew up listening to Elvis and, and stuff like that. So it, it wasn't that too common, you know, in the, in the, the 90s um but uh yeah it's kind of a mix 60s with some some newer influences but i have a really eclectic um taste you know from classical all the way down to stuff from the 30s and 50s and 60s so i kind of like to blend that all together and try to come up with something uh something new That's awesome, um man. but uh other than that um you know i'm a, a big reader I really enjoy um, like philosophy and stuff like that. So I have a quite an extensive book collection. So I could be reading um, quite a bit, and um, you know, uh, trading psychology also is kind of a huge thing to me. So I'm you know interested just in general about psychology and and how groups think together. You know, kind of group think kind of stuff, and that also goes into trading. Uh, so I guess that's kind of sociology. Uh, which I'm I'm quite interested in. Uh, I'm I'm pretty big into art, you know, in general, like modern art, contemporary art, and classical art. Not so much, but I think it has its its you know its merits. Um, and uh, other than that, I I enjoy uh, teaching. You know, I guess it's not really related to trading, but um, I work with uh, traders in in the Shark Tank, um, my, my chat room. Um, helping them expand their knowledge and, um, and do, yeah, just, I, you know, I like helping people on this journey. Um, and that, that takes up a lot of my time to be honest, uh, with you, but I try also to get outside, you know, get away from the screen as we're so attached to these numbers and kind of this one way of thinking. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely enjoy, um, time away from all that, either going down, I'm in Florida right now, so either going down to the beach and just enjoying the sunset, enjoying the feeling of sand between my feet, even enjoying the water, um, stuff like that. That's just totally a different vibe or, or, or mindset than, than what we have to deal with is trading. And I think that's really important for traders. Um, because you can so often, you know, especially if you're losing a lot, because um, I've been there, I've blown up three, four accounts, you know, in my career before I started to be able to be consistent, um, is knowing that you're not your P&L, that's not your self-worth, that's not anything that's really meaningful in the bigger picture of things. So um, getting away and just enjoying really what you you know what what you can experience as far as that kind of you know wishy-washy stuff uh it, you know is you know is is worthwhile and i think important to your success as a trader too because being able to step away or take a break from the market um you know and enjoying those little things whether it 
be be with your family. Um, luckily, I'm in Florida now, where my family is. So, um, and I normally live in New York. So, right recently, since COVID, I've been able to spend a lot more time with my family, which I wasn't able to before. And it's been really nice to me, uh, and really, you know, special just creating those memories. So, um, I, I've been really enjoying that as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, man. I mean. Personally, I think uh, enjoying that time away from trading is the biggest thing possible. Like trading gives you that avenue to have time away from the screen. So going to do whether it's like walking with um, friends on the campus of a college, if you're in college, um, walking just in the town where you're at or walking with a girl, walking with a boy, walking with a girlfriend, walking with a boyfriend, um, walking in nature, whatever it is, just walking, um, doing whatever you're going to do is, is, is crazy. Um, the amount of things you can learn from being in nature rather than staring at a screen is, is crazy. Um, for me, I'm in the Midwest, so rather than going to the beach, I kind so you're of... You're in a corn maze. Right to the yeah. cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like driving. Driving for me is what going to the beach is for you. So going to the beach is obviously... But that's great because than... you can get some music on, you know, you can yeah, get a good, exactly. on, a good song on that, you know, might inspire you and you're just Yeah, like, oh, I go yeah. midday instead of going to the beach and just like seeing all these good looking people and the waves, I, I go driving in a car. So I drive in a car and I see like um cornfields towns people um i listen to music and whatever that you got is people out there in iowa i thought there was nothing but corn yeah man there's nothing but corn farms, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there's less people than there are corn here so there's more corn than people but yeah, people, um, seeing the town, just driving around, feeling peaceful. Like, feeling peaceful is one of the things that I recommend if you're a trainer. Just just go and do whatever makes you feel like you are, you're living life and you're feeling peace in your body. Um, that, that's what I recommend. If it's, if it's skateboarding, if it's walking, if it's running if it's weightlifting, if it's um, looking at my Twitter and seeing what I tweet, if it's looking at Shark's Twitter and seeing what he tweets that makes you feel peaceful, if it's making money that makes you feel peaceful, do whatever makes you feel peaceful, man. Um, for me, it is um, kind of just going for a run, coming home, seeing my cats and finishing everything up and it makes you feel peaceful so whatever you got to do to make you feel yourself feel peaceful do that and then come back to trading as a kind of a secondary layer and then you'll be way way more successful that's what i've realized trading is first and then secondary um i'll, I'll do things that make me feel good come back and then my trading will be extremely successful on that kind of that first level but also it's a second level it's a it's a second level as in the trading comes after i i make myself feel good so i make myself feel good i come back i trade 
and then things go better, which I recommend highly. Like like Shark was saying, things that um, make you feel good, things that make you kind of have a good day will make you trade better, which I recommend highly. Make yourself kind of go through the day and have a good day, and then and then trading will come kind of um, as a kind of just just feel good thing and what do you got to say about that uh the only thing i want to say really is like it can, it can get overwhelming like <clears throat> i know when i first started i didn't have a mentor or anything and it was like it was during right when covid hit and i'm like oh shit like i want to dedicate my life to learning about this and it was eight hour days sitting at home not doing anything but but researching and learning how to trade it's like I wasn't doing anything else. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped doing things I like to do. You got to take a break here and there. Like you, it, this can't be the only thing that, that you're doing because one, you'll overtrade and two, you'll just, you'll exhaust yourself and you'll be like, you'll start to hate this. So you got to find the little, the little vices you have and the little hobbies you like to do. I know for me, it was this entire summer. I played baseball that's what I was doing. Um, it ended like a week or two ago, but every weekend I looked forward to playing baseball. I, I golf like five or six times a week. It's, it's find something you enjoy to do and then do it to, to, and just forget about the market because that can't control your life. Like, yeah, we all want to be successful and we all want to make money and we see people flashing cars and watches and whatever, but like, it's not, it's, that's not reality. Like find something you want to do don't cut out hobbies. Don't cut out spending time with your family and stuff like that. Prioritize, like, living life first, man. Prioritize, like, paying your rent and being able to have a decent car and having whatever it has um, before you prioritize being able to have those lavish things. Like Ant was saying, like, it's not, it's not realistic to have the nicest car, the nicest phone, the nicest um, whatever it is, the nicest college, be able to go to whatever um just prioritize being able to live your life before you prioritize anything else well even 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 that or having the nicest things i mean that doesn't even uh matter you know you could have okay things but if you're giving back to your community as well i mean for me also too when i was in um, the city i would uh volunteer to help um uh people that were like blind basically uh and giving back to people that are also less fortunate than you is also another great way of kind of um, making yourself feel good, doing something for the people that actually need the help. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times, again, through FinTwit and obviously advertisements on, uh, on, um, on YouTube, that it's all about the money and all about this. But it's not about that. Uh, you know, money really is uh, basically a tool to be able to do more of the things that you love even more, the things that are deeper are more important to you on a deeper level. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, I was didn't care about money came from, um, you know, like I said, I'm a musician and that was really more of my goal or whatever in life. And then I figured out that that basically meant me being poor. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
I was able, I'm able to take my family out to dinner now which, and pay for the bill, which I could never do before. I overdrafted my bank account more times than I could even, you know, want to admit. Um, but now that's not really an issue. Or now I have the time to be able to take off and to be able to give back to kids. You know, I also volunteered to help the kids um, soccer team in the city and stuff like that and coach that. Um, uh, those are the things that are really going to fill your soul up. And, you know, as we've been talking about um, how we were eating earlier, that whole holistic approach, you know, if you treat yourself good on the inside, that's also going to pay dividends on the outside in your performance on how you trade, being less emotional, being less attached to your profit and loss, um, not being so concerned if you've had two weeks losing streak, you know, because that at the end of the day, you know, you know, that doesn't matter because you're doing the right things in your life to yourself um, and giving back to the community. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's really what's, um, what's important and the vessel that trading can give you, you know, because, um, I could never do that before without trading. Yeah. For me, I mean, this, this platform that trading has given me is exponential. Like for me before trading, I was kind of just a, a normal guy who who worked a job, made enough money to live, made enough money to survive. And I thought you were a cartoon. Based on your <laughs> I am a cartoon, bro. On, uh, bro, Teddy. On, uh, Twitter. Um, <laughs> nah, but but for real, I I worked at a warehouse. Um, I had I had a lot of struggles. I kind of things that I'll, I'll touch on um i donate um 10 of my monthly earnings to two things first is homelessness in in america um because i believe that that homelessness is something that people come upon um, innocently, I think that people come upon homelessness as something that they, they, they're chasing their dreams, they're doing something, and man, they just get put in a spot where, where homelessness is something that they have to kind of take upon. And then secondly is suicide. Um, I don't want to go upon this too much, but, but suicide in America is a big issue for, for, death and i think that's a horrible thing um there's a lot of mental health issues i'm a i'm a psychology major aunt is a psychology major um we've seen a lot of this there's a lot of mental health issues in america for many reasons but but suicide is a big issue for men in particular um women as well for for um ending their own lives and I, I donate a lot to that because I think that's a that's a huge issue and I'd rather people um not have to deal with that it, it's it's a hard issue for me to talk about but but suicide is something that is a major issue in America and um it's something that is close to my heart something that matters to me and something that I I put a lot of money towards every month 10% of whatever I make so 10% goes to Homelessness, 10% goes to suicide because I think that that's something that uh, both of those things are major issues in America. And I'd rather spend my money paying that than I would rather spend my money paying whether it's gas, whether it's 
um, my, my rent every month, whether it's buying things, whether it's taking me on a vacation, I'd rather spend my money on suicide awareness and homelessness. Um, but yeah, moving on towards any of that, I want to get into some DD. So I do a lot of due, due diligence on companies in the uh, small, cap, small cap realm. And this week I expanded my portfolio to an OTC. A over the yeah. yeah, so uh, you're about to hear about wow. it. Yeah, I got about two or three minutes to talk about it because I don't want to take too much time, but it is UMGP, which is an NFT play with a lot of upside and unbelievable partners. So NFTs have been a hot commodity recently, and I'm sure you've heard about it. They have kind of been going for 200, 300% what people think they're worth. And this company has some absolute um, crazy NFTs to talk about. So they have NFTs for Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, <laughs> Mike Tyson, Rashad Evans, and Rashad <laughs> Exactly, bro. Like, like UFC, boxing, um, singing, and reality TV. We don't have anything else to talk about this. So, so they're consolidating. Um, they're an OTC stock. They're consolidating between two dollars and forty cents and three dollars, which is about a a twenty percent realm. Um, it's a twenty percent kind of um, volatility area, and their volume is indicating something big. Uh, it it's been increasing over the past three to uh, four months. And it's been bigger than it's ever been. And the volume has, has kind of been indicating that also these, uh, these daily charts, the, the wick has been eaten up on the bottom side. Which if you're any kind of day trader, you know that the, the wick on the bottom side being eaten up means that buyers are stepping in. So if buyers are stepping in, what that means is buyers want this stock. And if buyers want this stock, that means that they think something's gonna happen. And for me, that means that I think something is gonna happen as in there's a catalyst. And um, catalyst, um, if you're a beginner trader, means that something is gonna happen via um, a press release or Newswire or Bazinga, something's gonna happen. They're gonna push news out that's gonna move the stock upwards. And for me, they've been pushing these NFTs of Justin Bieber, Mike Tyson, Kim Kardashian, Rashad Evans, and they're going to sell them. They're going to sell them. They haven't quite um, PR'd this, this NFT release yet, but I think it's a market that hasn't been tapped into because we've seen NFTs. We've seen them as kind of cartoons. We've seen them as um, clip art images, but we haven't seen them as famous people kind of pushing their their famous moments. And also, Michael Jackson. I haven't talked about that. Michael Jackson, <laughs> an absolute huge name, man. This is an OTC stock. But Michael Jackson, if you've heard of Michael Jackson, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but if you, haven't heard of Mike, if you haven't heard of Michael Jackson, I don't know what to tell you. But, but Michael Jackson, um, 
If you don't want to buy an image of this man singing A, B, C, one, two, three. I don't know. What to oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like they've, he's been kind of a, a legendary figure in the, the music realm. And they're dropping NFTs of this company. Like, they're dropping NFTs of Michael Jackson singing, NFTs of Rashad Evans um, knocking people out. So... I mean, all I gotta say is, is UMGP. They're they're dropping NFTs. They're creating a new a new app of um, kind of like a TikTok uh, TikTok type of thing where they are having TikToks. People post videos of them doing things, and they're gonna create a possible um, talent show type of thing. And for me, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. If you're going to drop those kinds of those kinds of things, NFTs and TikTok type of app, a new website, a Rashad Evans podcast, those are big names. I think you're an OTC that deserves being bought into. And um, all right. So every uh, episode, we like to do the the questions submitted by our followers. Um, we like to do a serious one, and then kind of like a, a funnier, more laid-back one. Um. The more stock-related one is, Shark, do you have any uh, tips like when it comes to controlling FOMO? Like anything you you personally did um, or, or anything for beginner traders? Um, FOMO. I mean, I think it's basically it comes down to risk or reward and to managing, you know, the, you know, the psychological aspect um of trading that we talk about a lot you know is that um managing you know risk side you know at the bottom of the triangle um for me is technical analysis everybody knows technical analysis that's the easy part um but then the second part you know is risk man- uh, risk management um and you know inside that part of the triangle you know comes position sizing your trade management uh, correlation management. So, you know, yes, the stock can go higher. Um, but I kind of, you know, when it comes to trading, it's kind of a, a better safe than sorry kind of outlook than I, that I put on it because, um, you know, I don't personally like to take any trade that doesn't have at least a two to one ratio. It might be a little different from my uh, viewpoint um, on options. I'm even more cautious on options because if you go ahead and chasing an options play, you could be, the stock could do a fake breakout. You're up 15%. It pulls back. The next thing you know, you're down 30, 35%. So with options, it's even more deadly to give into FOMO. Um, The biggest thing really is self-awareness. Um, you know, uh, trading is so, um, consuming and self, you know, it just wraps you into it. Uh, and to be able to take a step back and assess how you're feeling, um, you know, uh, at that moment, you know, are you looking, are you trading your PL? Are you trying to get in this trade because, you think you can make $2,000, you know, or whatever the case is. Are you already down on the day? So you might be giving into revenge trading. You know, am I already down 1,900, whatever it is to your trading account? Um, You know, 
Uh, are you being greedy? Are you up $5,000 on a day? You see a breakout and you think you can get that $5,000 to $7,000. Um, fighting that FOMO, you know, as you hear so many times, uh, you know, throughout the day. Um, you know, are you watching the, the proper support and the resistance or supply and demand uh, within the chart to say, okay, it's not worth it to give into the FOMO at this point because I am risking, you know, one point to make a 0.5, you know, because that's the next resistance or whatever that, that, that uh, case might be. Um, so uh, I think taking a step back, you know, before you get into the trade and, you know, kind of slapping yourself and saying, okay, am I in the right mental state to be taking this trade? And what are all the real factors that are coming into the trade? Like I said, risk manage, uh, you know, risk to reward. Uh, am I down, you know, uh, on the day? Am I revenge trading, you know, trading emotionally? Um, things like that, that you need to step back on. So the only thing I can really say is to try to pull yourself out of this kind of, you know, trading is almost like a vortex or a whirlpool in a, in a bathtub or a whirlpool in an ocean. Try to take yourself out of it, you know, come back and say, you know, what are what is really going on here? Because the sooner that you get your own emotional side in check, you know, the better off you'll be, whether it comes to giving into FOMO, whether it comes to over trading, uh, whether it comes into, um, you know, making any one of the, the various uh, stupid mistakes that I've made and any professional trader has made uh, over their career many, many, many times, you know, and I even deal with it now. I mean, uh, today I, I, I was looking at Snapchat. I wasn't able to get in. I was calling it out in the chat room as a breakout, you know, that it was looking good. Uh, I didn't get my entry. So what did I do? I sat on my hands because even though it went higher, um, especially with options, because it really can crush you on options. I just watched it go without me. Yes, that sucks. But as we spoke about earlier, what can I learn from it? I said, okay, if I see X, Y, and Z next time, I know to take that trade um, yeah. beforehand. So um, I still take a missed trade into a learning experience. And to know even if I don't profit on it this time, it sets me up to be able to profit on it in the future. And that's okay. That's still a win. You yeah. know, because if you take it and it doesn't work, well, then it's just a loss, you know, and there's nothing, you know, yes, you can obviously take learning, um, learning lessons from that. But um, I think the biggest thing in uh, battling FOMO is to be able to pull yourself out of that whirlpool, so to speak, take a step back, go through your go through your mental checklist, which I like to have, um, you know, I have even a timer on my phone 30 minutes a day 45 minutes a day that rings me that says okay how are you feeling today should you take a break at this time should you walk away for 20 minutes 30 minutes how are you trading are you up and down do you yeah. feel stressed do you feel whatever the case might be what's my emotional state um because you know as i've said so many times 
um, you know, online or even to my uh, traders in Shark Tank. Um, uh, the emotional side is the most important thing. Technical analysis is easy. We all know how to read charts. That's like the easiest part of the game. The emotional side, the psychological side is the most important part of trading. If you can't get that right, you, you know, you could know support and resistance all day, but it's really not going to make a difference. Something you touched on is uh, <clears throat> you talked about Snapchat, but at the same time, like hindsight trading is always twenty twenty. Like mm -hmm. you, you didn't jump in and it continued to run. It just, it could have just easily pulled back. You didn't jump in and you made the right, right decision. So, hindsight trading is always twenty twenty. Um, yeah, hindsight is the killer. We're all we're all millionaires in the hindsight trade. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing is like don't see something that's running and you you didn't jump in, and then the next play that starts to run you chase and it ends up screwing you over. Oh yeah. There's always it another to me a million times. Yep. There's always another play. There's always another day. You miss out on something. Oh well. There's a thousand stocks. There's gonna be there's gonna be things to trade the the day after. Like that's the biggest thing. This hindsight is always twenty twenty. You, you don't want to chase anything because you will get burned, and it's happened to all of us. So that's just something I want to touch on. Like you mentioned with Snapchat today. Yeah. Um. For me. The kind of the thing that I want to talk about about FOMO is you'll see a lot of people talking about certain stocks on Twitter, Discord, stock tweets, whatever it is. And you got to realize if something's up 30%, the chance that it goes up another 10 or 20% that day is, is less. If the market's opened, um, the chances that it runs 10, 20% is much less if it's already up than the chances that it goes back down. Um, so petty stocks, uh, we see a lot of things on Discord. We see a lot of people talking about stocks as in they have a chance to break out after they've already broken out. And things can break out after they've already broken out, but you have to realize that the risk reward is a little different at that point. Like if I'm, if I'm talking about a $1 stock that's at $1.50, um, it's gone up 50% that day, and it might not go up another 10, 20% that day. Um, if I'm talking about a large cap and it's up 10% on that day on a great earnings, a great catalyst, it might not go up another 2 or 3%. So you just need to take that, that risk-reward into um, consideration at that point, because if it's up a lot, there's a chance it might not go up anymore. Uh, if it's down a lot, there's a chance you can buy calls on it and it's it's going to go up because it's not going to go down anymore. There's just certain things that you need to realize. Like FOMO for me is something where I see something up 20% um, on, say, COVID-19 news, something that's up, um, something that's a big kind of catalyst at the moment. Um, if it's NFT news then it, it's kind of hot at the moment. So if it's something that's up 20% on good news, then then you need to realize that it might not move up more unless it's something that's that's really hot at the moment. But, but you need to realize that FOMO is something that hits everyone. FOMO is something that everyone feels, whether you're, you're an experienced trader or you're a beginner trader. It's just something we learn to deal with better. It's something that uh, we learn to kind of realize, okay, that's FOMO. So for me, 
today I felt FOMO on, I think it was a stock, ACIU. Um, they were a bio company. Uh, they had some good news today. They were up like 60 or 50%. And I felt some extreme FOMO on them because they had like a flag breaking out. But what really, what really kind of stuck out to me was their flag. They were breaking out of this flag. So their flag, you'd seen kind of a few um, candlesticks line up and the flag was perfect. But then there was really kind of, there was a green flag poking above, but there was declining volume and it stuck out to me. This green flag, um, this candle should have been higher volume breaking out of the, the flag and there was lower volume. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but the FOMO, the FOMO was hitting me. The FOMO was like, it's breaking out of this flag. The FOMO is, wow, it's up 60%. It's probably going to go up 70, 80%. It's breaking out of the flag. What if we see 90%? What if we see 100%? Like for me, 100%, wow, that would have been 30% gains. It would have been 20% gains. And the only thing that was pushing me to say, um, what's happening? is is the lower volume on this this candle here and the lower volume it pushed me to question it it pushed me to wonder what's going on and then i thought twice about it i thought okay lower volume doesn't make any sense and then i was like okay i won't take a position and what did we see we saw a a absolute knife we saw it knife down um the five minute chart it looked nasty after that after a knife down you usually see a a grind down and we did see that. We saw it knife down and we saw a grind down for, I think, the rest of the day. And it, it made sense to me. I was like, in my head, I was wondering, okay, so um, after this knife down, what are, we, what are we working with? We're seeing a grind down. We're not seeing any reversal. And it all came from that, that volume that was a little bit lower. So the FOMO, you just have to find something. Um, if you're feeling FOMO, find something that kind of makes sense to you. For me, it was that volume that day. The volume was a little low. Um, if you're looking for an A-plus setup, the volume would need to be high for an A-plus setup. The volume was low, so it's not an A-plus setup. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. On FOMO, just, just look... Um, at the entire big picture, look at something, the stock, see if there's any kind of weaknesses to the stock, see if there's any kind of weaknesses to the play, and if there's any weaknesses, then kind of figure out what do I feel about that? Do I feel like it's, it's something that I can overlook, or is it something that's so big that I need to kind of put it into my play, which was something today on ACIU that I felt like I needed to put into my play, which meant I didn't buy it, which meant... Um, I didn't lose a lot of money on that knife, which um, saved me a lot of money. Which could also go into, um, I think, a thing that a lot of uh, intraday traders don't look at is always make sure you look back at the longer time frames. Take a step back, look at the daily chart. Um, you know, you might think the stock looks like it's ready to push up higher. But if you just happen to look back at the daily chart, you might see that it's coming back to a double top on a daily chart on a longer time frame or whatever that whatever that longer time frame might be. So what you think you also might be seeing um, on a 10 minute or a 15 minute time frame might also not be accurate to what's going on in the bigger picture. Uh, so, you know, always, you know, I always advise traders to look at the bigger picture always. Um, I stay away personally from the shorter time frames. 
um, you know, I'm not a big fan of three minute to five minute, um, which actually, which is pretty funny because I kind of learned on that, you know, in small caps, but now I'm yeah. I totally against it. But, um, but look at the bigger picture too, because you might think that it has more room to run, but if you only looked at the daily, you could see that it triple topped at this 875 if it's small cap or whatever the case might be um, multiple times. So what are the chances that it's going to break through it again? Well, probably not that likely. So, you know, always make sure you take a step back, look at the bigger picture, get your, you know, first get your mental self in check. Okay, am I giving into FOMO? I feel it. I feel it right now. I have that self-awareness. Let me take a yeah. step back. Okay, let me take a step back again. Let me look at the daily chart. Oh shit! Now I see that it's top. The, the stock is trading at eight seventy five. I see that it topped out multiple times at nine dollars, twenty five cent difference. What's the risk to award? Do I want to take this trade? Twenty five cents. It's at eight seventy five. My upside is twenty five cents till the next potential resistance at nine dollars. Eh, probably not. That's like a one to one ratio, you know. So, yeah. I mean, there it is. That's that's the thing with FOMO. Is like you can feel it. Like it's just like it's just that feeling. You like, feel it in your loins. Yeah, you feel it is, <laughs> and when you get that feeling, that's when you're like, "Oh shit!" When you see everyone on Twitter talking about it, it's like that's that's the time <clears throat> to take a step back. Exactly. That's when. Okay, listen. I've, I I have this feeling I felt before. I've got burned before. Everyone on Twitter's talking about it. That's when we're like, "All right, let's just relax a little bit, sit on our hands, yeah. and realize that there will be something else." Um, the the funny not so serious stock related question for this week is shark is a hot dog a sandwich do you think a hot dog is considered a sandwich i do uh your name's you know, not shark I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys an uh, <laughs> a uh admission i've never had a hot dog in my entire life ever what bro you've never yeah. had a hot dog i've never had a hot dog uh, yeah i've been at Yankee Stadium and you know the whole works and I or Chicago, which I know are big for that. Wow. I've never had one, but I don't think it's a sandwich personally. Damn. What's your reasoning? What's your reasoning? Damn. See, that's the thing though. I, like a, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I'm speaking from a taste, you know, perspective, which I am totally, you know, uh, ignorant about, but it just doesn't seem like a sandwich so you, to me. So you don't think the bun makes it a sandwich? Because that was going to be my argument. But what else would it be? What's the other category that it would be? <clears throat> that's the that's the other thing is <laughs> if it's not a sandwich. What is it? But Damn, dude, this shit is a little bit overwhelming. Like for me, it's a sandwich because it's just meat between two buns. Like it's a meat between two pieces of bread. What it's not two pieces of bread. It's one. But it's like it's in between. All right. Well, that's getting see. <laughs> it is one piece right of bread here in between two pieces of bread. It's, what is it? It's, it's one gotta piece. be a sandwich. It is not two pieces. <laughs> okay, but it's one. That, that, piece. That's like a lawyer technicality. Like it's you know like True. that's you know. But I don't know. It's uh, I think it's not it a is. sandwich to me. But you know, I might not. I'd be uh, might be unqualified. Is to, it a uh, sub? Is but yeah, a it's sub. More, yeah, it's more but, akin to a sub. No, that's a sandwich. What? Okay, yeah, but what is it then? If it's, if it's I think sub, it is. No, no, no. Listen, the glizzy by itself, I don't think is a sandwich. But with in the bun, I think it has to be. It has to be right. Like it's a, 
it's I think it has to be a sandwich. In between, okay. So but it's a sub is pieces. almost a subgenre. A sub is almost a subgenre of a sandwich. I'm it is sandwich okay. sandwich definition. So sandwich sub and hot dog fits oh, kind wait. of into that sub category. Hold on. <laughs> sandwich. The definition of a sandwich is an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread. It's so not it two pieces of bread. Oh, so then it's, it's like, not yeah, a sandwich. By your own definition of it being, then yes. it's not a sandwich. Then, then I was wrong. <laughs> but I think it's a sandwich, bro. It's it's in between. Okay, so it's not two pieces, but it's one piece. But it's kind of two pieces. Like it's two pieces. <laughs> well, I'll, you know, no, I hate to not. say, going back on the vegetarian, they're bad for you anyway. So you shouldn't. Yeah, you're gonna feel like shit after you eat <laughs> no, so this listen if you eat a hot dog by itself with no bun that then you just that, got a wiener in your mouth yeah <laughs> you just deep throated a wiener down your <laughs> like michael scott said to uh you know phyllis he's like get that get that wiener down your loop it up so it just goes right down your uh your throat Whatever. I don't think it's a sandwich now. I think it's kind of. I think it's all right. Two to I'm one. Shark. To I'm one. with Shark. It's not a sandwich. Damn, I'm getting overpowered. All right, man. <laughs> well, to end the episode, we always end with a conspiracy theory, and I don't care, bro. Those two shots kind of fucked me up, but <laughs> but I don't care. We're ending with this conspiracy theory, and the conspiracy theory we got today is. Are our phones listening to us? So I got my phone right here. I talked about it earlier. Um, I got a computer. I'm looking at it right now. This whole whatever webcam. That looks is, like a pen to me. I was going to say, that's a, a pen. <laughs> this is a pen, but whatever this is, is the computer. Um, are they listening to us? Because if you guys haven't noticed, kind of, if you're talking about something. So I was talking about slim jims to my girl earlier i was like slim jims man they taste really good like slim jims i don't know what they are blah 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 blah. and then all of a sudden on my instagram i was rolling through it and a slim jim um advertisement came up and i've never seen a slim jim advertisement in my entire life slim jims have not been advertised to me but all of a sudden it was like a 48 pack of slim jims on amazon like, why did that come up? Why is yeah. that a thing? Why did it come up? Are they are listening to you. Yeah, really? they're listening. Dude, I'll have to go on listening. Yeah, listen, every, every I got day. I got already on my, on my browser here. See? Buy, so, I mean, I'm about to buy some of these tasty wine hey, coolers. You gotta buy some right here. Moscow Mule, baby. Every, exactly, listen, so. every day I type in Aunt Teddy, because that's the YouTube channel name. And from for the past two months, all my advertisements are stuffed ants, like gigantic stuffed ants. That they have to. Fun. There's no way. There's no well way. now if we don't see one in your background in the next episodes, uh, you know, well we'll know you're kind of not supporting the cause. True. Yeah, hey man, you gotta buy a massive ant, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they definitely are. Um, there's no way. Like I've said things to my friends before, and it's came up on my like advertisements. Like I've there's been things that I've never typed into my phone ever once, and they've came up. So Dude, I'll be honest. Like scary for me, the same exact thing. Like I've never searched seltzer online because 
first of all, if I want to buy a seltzer, I'm going to go to the store and buy a seltzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I want to buy, like, whatever it is, like a Truly, a High Noon, whatever it is, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy one. I'm not going to order one online. I've never thought about it. I've never even considered buying one online. But all of a sudden, all these seltzers are popping up on my Twitter, on my Instagram. Why? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I've never searched one. So for me, I feel like they have to be. They have to be listening to what I'm saying for them to hear that I want a seltzer. Um, like, it might be it might be intermittent, but, uh, you know, you never know. It's definitely a, a brave new world out there and um, it, definitely interesting. For real, it could, it could be them just realizing that I'm a 22-year-old man who's running a podcast – trading stocks um talking about like cool stuff on on twitter looking up like alcohol because i do look up like bourbons i want to see what people think of like um crown royal versus like johnny walker i want to see what people think about that that make that's interesting to me so maybe they see that and they're like this dude probably drinks seltzers on his free time. I don't fucking know, but but whatever it is, like they they know that I want to look up certain stuff, which is which is weird to me. And I don't know if they know that because I'm talking about it, or they know that because of just the age I am and the gender I am, that kind of stuff. It's just weird. Listen, if I start getting advertisements of stuff sharks, then you know because I've never <laughs> looked up sharks yeah, you're ever. Gonna get, uh, you're gonna get a, a aquarium. <laughs> You know, advertisements <laughs> to go to the uh, aquarium Wait, by you. you know, really quick, you... before we wrap this up, Shark, um, I wanted to ask you this, but I just forgot. Your name, is it from, like, something specific? Or was it just kind of random? Is there any, like, is there any meaning behind it? Or... Uh, yeah, actually, um, there is. Um, you know, since, since I was a kid, for whatever reason, I was, um, well... Uh, I guess more getting into the um, uh, metaphysical side of things. Uh, I am a Pisces in my in my birthday, so I've always kind of been connected to water in a sense. Uh, but also growing up, um, kind of an uh, an older soul, I grew up watching Jaws and Rocky and kind of some of the older movies um, in that sense. So. Uh, it kind of came from a little bit of that, a little bit of me being connected to water always within my astro astrological sign. Um, and you know, jaws. And then as I was a kid, I, I used to want to be a marine biologist studying sharks. Um, so after that, I had a different name that was related to actually boiler room, uh, love to rip, uh, that, that, that stock trading movie. Because uh, that was the license plate on one of the guy's uh, Ferraris. But um, as I kind of tried to think of something that was a little bit more marketable or brandy, um, mm -hmm. I came into Shark. So um, it kind of was a, a perfect match with, with kind of where I come from, from my birthday and from something that was always interesting to me as a kid. So I've always been interested in sharks since I was 12, 13. Love the movie Jaws. And um, it's apex predator. It's a beautiful animal of the ocean. Unfortunately, it gets a really bad rap on, um, you know, being a man eater. Um, yeah. But it really balances out the the ecosystem, um, and is really important to the, the survival of the seas. So, um, 
you know, I just love sharks, everything about them. They've been around since the dinosaurs. They've survived since the dinosaurs. I think there's a lot of unpotent, uh, untapped potential um, uh, medical benefits that we could learn from them because they don't get cancer. They live really long. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I just love sharks and, um, yeah, that's, but that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. But yeah, kind of, kind of goes deep for me as far as yeah. the whole love of sharks and everything. That's awesome, yeah. I was going to say that you have probably like one of the best names on, on f- fin twit as you'd call it. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of names that mean absolutely nothing. But... Hey, what about Thick Teddy, man? What do you mean? You don't even watch the show. <laughs> You don't even watch the show. I do. I mean, I watched it once, but like, I don't watch the show actively, and I haven't like watched it more. Oh my god, this guy's an imposter. Is that from Bob's Burgers? Teddy's hilarious. Yes, it is. is. Teddy's hilarious. I've never seen it. Really, you gotta watch Teddy. Like, like watch the episodes that Teddy is is big in. He's hilarious. That's all. That's the only reason I chose it was because Teddy's hilarious. That's all it is. Maybe you relate to his personality in a way. And, you know. Dude, maybe like maybe maybe I should be like, hey, how do I show? Th- how do I like make a burger out of these these children? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> but yeah, it's good, man. But I mean, to end up the episode, um, to kind of wrap it up, we want to say thank you, Shark, for uh, for hopping on. It, it means a ton to us. We want to have you on season two. Talk a little. Yeah, deeper. thanks for having me on. Yeah, we yeah, want to talk you. a little deeper on on um, options. We want to have you come on and talk some intermediate options. But this was a great beginning episode, so so thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and cheers to everyone. Trade small, yeah, cheers. You know, think think uh, think big, and um, don't don't push yourself. Um, you know, in your trading journey, um, all good things come to those who wait. And uh, don't give up and keep at it because it's possible. And uh, yeah, just keep at it, man.